Welcome to Touching Hearts and Changing Lives, hosted by Reverend Otley Holmes, Senior Pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Mesa, Arizona, where our vision is touching hearts and changing lives by the power of His Word, Luke 4, 18 and 19. Our mission is to go ye therefore and teach all nations, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Now, please join us in a study of the Word of God. Welcome once again to Touching Hearts and Changing Lives. This is Pastor Holmes, your host, and it is my privilege and my pleasure to be back amongst my listening audience one more time as we study together the Word of God. If you have not tuned in before to this program, we're in an extended study in the Book of Acts, and I love the Book of Acts because the Book of Acts is the history of the church. It's not a doctrinal book, but it's a book that shows us what the church should be doing. Amen. But as always, First, let us approach the throne of grace. Father God, once again, you have blessed us immensely through our lives, Father. We just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We ask now, Lord, that you cleanse us of all unrighteousness, prepare our hearts and minds for the study of your word. We ask this all in Jesus' name and for his name's sake. Amen. Well, we're in chapter 15, and we left off at verse 6, so we're going to pick it up this week. And verse 7, I'm going to read verses uh, 7 through 11, and then we'll open it for our discussion. Amen. Chapter 15, the book of Acts, beginning at verse 7. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Well, we know there was a, a dispute that had arose in the church, and it was because the Judaizers were claiming that the new Gentile believers had to be circumcised. Now, this is the, the great Jerusalem council that is meeting now for a second time. And Peter recalled that it was God and God alone who had saved the Gentile, because all people are saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we remember that Cornelius and his household had believed the word while Peter was in the process of preaching the word. God had given the Holy Spirit while they were believing the word. God had cleansed their hearts by faith. Peter confessed the yoke of the law. He confessed man's inability to keep the law. And he says, why are you trying to put them under bondage when neither our fathers nor we were able to keep the word, the law, I should say. If a person declares that a man is saved by God's grace plus a ritual or the law, he tempts God. He prescribes and dictates to God how a person should be saved. The law is a yoke. It's a burden. It's a burden that mankind cannot keep. In fact, the law was originally given to mankind so we would understand that apart from God, we can truly do nothing, as has been stated in the New Testament. But rather than allowing the law to draw us to God, it became a religious ritual. No man can keep the law. Peter declared that the doctrine of salvation, that men are saved by grace alone through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now let's look at verse 12. Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Now, miracles were God's way of showing that he approved of the preaching of Paul and Barnabas. By grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves is verified and proven by God's stamp of approval. Let's look at verse 13 and, and through 21. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to his agree, the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, all and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble them not, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them, that they should abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Now let's take a look at these verses. Now James, great declaration, all men should be able to turn to God apart from the burden of the ritual and of the law. James was the Lord's brother. He was the leading elder in the ministry of the church at Jerusalem. James supported Peter's great declaration to take out of them a people to choose to appoint, to remove from them the Gentile nations and select a chosen people. The word here, people, is the same word used for the Jewish people. Now we understand that God is making a people for his name. Now, prior to salvation coming to the Gentiles and God's established redemption plan, there were two types of people on the earth, Jews and Gentiles. Now God has started a third people, if you will, that they are the Christian believers because there's no longer a separation between Jew and Gentile. We are all one in Jesus Christ. James declared that scripture supported this truth, that God calls out people from both the Jews and the Gentiles. In fact, he quoted, quoted Amos 9 verses 11 and 12 and applied it to Jesus Christ and the believers. God promised three things. I will return. I will be uh, there for Jewish believers. That is the tabernacle of David refers to believing Jews. And there will be Gentile believers. Those are believers who are seeking the Lord who are called and known by the name of God. James declared that God foreknew and destined from the beginning of the world that this would transpire and take place. James recommends a written exhortation instead of burdening rules and regulations. In other words, he starts to tell them that there are some things that they should keep uh, to themselves, if, if you will. And that is when James goes and he says, but let us write unto them that they should abstain from pollution of idols and from fornication and from the things strangled and from blood. 
These things are a great offense to the Jewish believer. And we know that if we're going to have unity and peace in our churches, there are some things we must be sensitive to. And so that, that all men should live together in love and unity. The, the whole church agreed with what had been proclaimed at the official level. It reached out by sending two chief ministers back to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Let's look in, in verse 22 to, to uh, solidify that. Then pleased it the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Basabas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. So we see now that there, there are two other men that are going to be sent out with Paul and Barnabas to take this mandate back to settle this dispute. Now let's look at verse 23. And they wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostles and the elders and the brethren sending greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Sicilia. So what do we see here? There's an attitude brought about by the degree of humility. The leaders, and that's the apostles and the elders, didn't place themselves above anybody but on an equal level. In other words, they wanted this to be a unified message being sent to the church. They wanted this to seem like it wasn't just a, a top-down mandate, if you will, but rather it was a consensus of the body of Christ that salvation should come in this manner and that all should be accepted by grace. This great decree of salvation is based upon humility. And none of us can come to the Lord that's filled with pride. We all must be humbled in the presence of God and his holiness. Now let's look at verse 24. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. So what we, what we find in here is James is clarifying that, yes, you do not have to be troubled by these troublemakers, these, these Judaizers, these ones who are trying to put you under legalism. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, there are many churches out there today, I'm not trying to be judgmental, that put people back under legalism. We cannot keep the law, but the law is kept through Jesus Christ. And when we're in Christ and we obey Christ, then Christ is the one that fulfills the law because no man can fulfill the law. So no matter what anyone teaches, no matter how inferential they may be, we must remember that salvation is by grace alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot earn it. And too many people are out there in the body of Christ trying to earn favor with God. You have favor with God because who you are in Christ, not because of your good works. Now, we do good works because of our love for Jesus Christ, but good works does not earn us favor with God. And we must remember that. By turning to God and turning to him alone, the persons will be taught the right relationship with Jesus Christ that will not cause them to be stressed out to not make them understand that they're going to lose their salvation, but they're affirmed in Christ. Well, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's about time for me to wind this program down again for this week. Please tune in again next week and, or visit us on the web at www.smbcmesa.org. Our uh, worship times are 
Sundays at 11, Sunday school is at 9, and Bible study, midweek Bible study is on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Or you can pick up this telecast also on touchinghearts.podbean.com. Tune in again next week, for we love the Lord and we want to praise Him together. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Take care and God bless you. Touching Hearts and Changing Lives radio program is an outreach ministry of Shiloh Missionary Church and is hosted by Rev. Otley W. Holmes, Jr., Senior Pastor. Please join us every Saturday evening at 7 p.m. on KXXT 1010. We're located at 56 South Robson Mesa, Arizona, 85210. It's right on the corner of Robson and First Avenue in downtown Mesa. Service times are Wednesday evening prayer meeting, 5.30 to 7 p.m. and Bible study, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Sunday morning, Sunday school, 9 a.m. Worship service is at 11 a.m. For more information, call 480-844-2687 or email sbchurch1011 at quest.net. Be sure to log on to the website www.smbcmesa.org. This program has been sponsored by the membership of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church.